Welcome to At the Table, where we are connecting entrepreneurs, discovering missions, and building communities with purpose, body, soul, mind, and business with Charlie and Heather with Women in Leadership. Welcome to Mindset Monday. I'm Charlie. And I'm Heather. And we love Mondays because we have chosen that this is the day that we always make our choices and decisions deciding how we're going to move through the week and what kind of mindset we're going to have, what kind of moms we're going to show up as, what kind of community members, and mm-hmm. um, how we're going to show up for ourselves this big today. And not just show up for ourselves in our personal lives, but also in our work lives too, because these tools can be used across all things. And last week, we actually talked about what happens if you show up as yourself for work. That was really awesome. It was really awesome. And I don't know about you, but I've really enjoyed just being myself at work in our work environment. Like, yeah, I think it's really, it's really awesome that we get to show up as ourselves every day. And some days it's like sweatpants and hair and a bun or something. You know? Right? We're not wearing the bra because everything's rubbing wrong, right? Like yeah. that's you know and then other days we get dressed up and we're ready to roll like it's just who we are that day right yeah yeah i'm just laughing because it's like do you mind Heather? they're not supposed to know you don't always wear broader work well i thought it was a valid question like seriously why do we wear them every day i was like i don't know so fucking uncomfortable (laughs) like why do we do this to ourselves so a little for you guys Heather's son Annie asked her he's almost 18 and he's on the spectrum if your bra because she was having a problem with bra and things like that if your bra is so uncomfortable how come you wear it and she's like good question why do we wear these things it's causing us torture and I'm, uh, I have, let's see, how do I not own it? Like, my body has issues of its own, and part of those issues is sometimes my skin is extra sensitive to anything that has, like, a band, right? Right. And so it's that, especially that end of the day, like, okay, I have endured this thing literally as long as I can handle, and I just peel it off of me, like, now, like, and that's part of like loving yourself, right? Right. 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 So just exploring like that, that. I like that you said, okay, now let me not embody this right now. Right. Because I don't want to live in that story of right. victimness. Mm-hmm. Right. Like my body has changed and grown so strong mm-hmm. since I have changed how I talk about it. So that's a whole podcast in and of itself. Right. But perfect to um, um, the books we're reading, um, The Mastery of Love, uh, Don Miguel Ruiz, and Career Self-Care by Minda Zetlin. Zetlin. Oh, yes. I just got goosebumps. I'm so excited to be here today. Awesome. <laughs> really awesome. Amazing books. Um, this week we're on chapter four in both books. And we're going to start with The Mastery of Love this week because mm-hmm. we feel like the this week this this is heavy and then this tells you how to handle it (laughs) right so one is really heavy and the other one kind of tells you how you're going to work through that i like i love how they matched up this week it's perfect 
And if you want to go back and listen to me read the whole chapters, that was uh, posted on Sunday. So yesterday. Yeah, you can go back and look at it. Um, chapter four is the track of love versus the track of fear. Right? It's like choose your own adventure. Yeah. Right. And and understanding that you have two responses. Yes. So like black and white. One response is to come from love, mm-hmm. and one response comes from fear. Yes. So, and that's the emotional trigger, right? Mm-hmm. So our emotional triggers, uh, like with our PTSD, comes from a place of fear and protection, and what we have to keep you safe, right? Mm-hmm. So anything that's coming from that energy is actually coming from the fear. Yes. So when we take a breath and we come from the love... It's, it's a totally different reaction that we get. Um, and I have actually been practicing this for a while is instead of reacting because of fear, it's like noticing that I'm getting overwhelmed or... Yeah, and finding that beginning triggered, spot, right? right? That takes work is to Ooh. find that beginning spot. So I've gotten tuned into that beginning spot and then I ask myself with curiosity not judgment where is this coming from like this morning I woke up with anxiety at like 4 a.m why am I anxious right now okay because I feel like we have a lot of things to do at work and the reality is is we're good our schedule's good things like that it is um on a trajectory but we're we're good right now where we're at we have time in our schedule to be flexible, things like that. And in my um, my own self-judgment, if I heard the voice, my saboteur in my head, my anxiety saboteur in my head, being like, if you don't do it now, it'll never get done. If you don't do it, who else is going to do it? Who else is going to do it? I saw that on a, a TikTok yesterday. I was like, oh, honey. <laughs> I wanted to like reach through and give her a hug. It was just like, oh, you get to change that. Right. <laughs> right. You get to have a different. Um, and, and by taking that moment and respecting yourself, respecting what you've gone through, that's compassion. Mm-hmm. And that's from the place of love. Yes. So and compassion that feels a lot different than the reaction, the fear, the guilt, the shame. Uh-huh. I really like what he said in this chapter about love versus fear and um, exactly what you said um, about um, love having love doesn't come from a place of obligation. Yeah. It doesn't come from, um, but, but fear is full of obligations. We fear a negative reaction because of an action that we might make. And sometimes we fear that negative reaction because we've been conditioned in society to expect a negative reaction. Yes. So you come in already bulldozed. Yeah, you and that's part of society's dream, which does not have to be your dream, because society's dream is about power and control, and they want to keep you, keep you in your place. 
if it's power and control, right? If there's someone. And um, they come from a place of fear because if they, if they, they are afraid of what might happen if somebody were better than them, smarter than them, more powerful than them, had more money than them, it's all fear-based. And because it's it's scary to look inside. It is scary to look inside. And to do the hard work, uh-huh. to show up in the mess, uh-huh. the tears, uh-huh. the realization that I too can have PTSD, right? Like right. all of these things are, they're scary, right? Like it doesn't disrespect you for me to have PTSD. No. And that was hard for my brain to process at first. I was like, no, that's not my right. Like I don't have a right to have PTSD. You have a right to do your feelings and emotions and how you handle them. You have the right to decide what that looks like for yourself. Yes, and having that. And I love how um, they go deeper into this and how um, every relationship, every, okay, back up a second, take a breath. I'm excited. It's going to be good. (laughs) We each have a different dream. Yes. Each person in a relationship has a different dream. No matter if you're the parent and child, a husband and wife, um, friends, friends, businesses, we all have a different dream and way we perceive the world around us based on our own personal experiences and what we learned about society one of us are living a different dream yeah like that's powerful and each relationship is different through this dream because they um, you connect with different people on different levels right so i have my own dream heather has her own dream we connect um, based on those dreams, but we connect differently than we do with anybody else we ever interact with. And Heather connects with everybody else she interacts with differently than I do. Um, and that's part of how those dreams intersect with when cultivating a relationship. It's really cool stuff. It is really cool stuff. And so, and, and if we're finding ourselves realizing that we are in control of our own dream so I have control of my dream and I'm sitting with Charlie's dream in front of me and I don't understand it I can come from compassion and love and respect because I love and respect her and when I come from respect then I'm curious right then I can let her explain her dream to me instead of reacting to her dream. Yeah. And I love what he said here about respect. Um, and I'm trying to find it here. Um, oh. Um, so it says, if we are in a war of control, it is because we have no respect. The truth is that we don't love. It is selfishness not to love. It is just to have the little doses that make us feel good. When we have no respect, there is a war of control because each person feels responsible for the other. I have to control you because I don't respect you. I have to be responsible for you because whatever happens to you is going to hurt me. And I want to avoid pain. 
I'm going to knock you all the time to try to make you be responsible, but responsible from my personal point of view. Hmm. It doesn't mean I'm right. Hmm. I like the very last line. I think we're on the same page. We're on a different page. Um, we don't have the right to change anyone else. We don't have the right to change anyone And no one else has the right to change us. We don't have the right to change anyone else. So sometimes that's in a relationship. You're like, oh, I'll just get them to change that. No. No. That's not okay. It's up to them if they decide to change. Right. And then they don't have the right to ask us to change either. But you have the right to communicate with them how their actions or their dream makes you feel in your dream yes and so i think that where that disconnect is is that there can be pain associated with that like what you're doing is really not okay and it's okay that it's not okay and being okay with that means that maybe we aren't together and that's hard and we get and i could be scary and we can bring back fear right so where are we coming from always coming from a place of love so and on that if you don't make those changes that align with you mm-hmm. you are choosing to stay unhappy yeah that's the bomb right there so either way no matter what the decision is whether you choose to not make a decision or you decide to to make some changes you're still in control of that. Yeah. You have control over you. You don't have power control over other people. This really hit home for me as uh, why my first marriage ended. Because mm-hmm. I knew I didn't have a right. I like never went into loving someone thinking that it was my right to change them. And I knew that I couldn't love myself if I stayed in that relationship. So I had to choose me because I knew I didn't have the right to change. Right. And that's one of the hard truths that he touches on here is that that loving has to be of yourself too not just everything else outside of you it comes from here the love the, the love the and happiness, happiness comes. comes from the love you have from within mm-hmm. i was like ooh, that's, that's good, good. <laughs> because that's exactly what we want to have control over right? right and that's something you can cultivate for yourself so when you have more love from within you have more happiness yeah and here's exactly what he says right here If you are aware that no one else can make you happy and that happiness is the result of love coming out of you, this becomes the greatest mastery of the cultex, the mastery of love. When you know this and you understand this and you understand how it works, because love works. If you are always stepping out in the world in the direction of truth and love, game changer. 
game changer. Game changer, right? All right, let's move into um, career self-care. Thank you, Minda. This is a fabulous book. I hope you guys are picking up your copy um, and supporting her. She's fabulous. And she's also a local author to us. Um, She talks about a local town I grew up in. I was like, that's so rad. Very rad. I always like that. Um, and she's very heartful in this book. And, you know, it's coming from... It's very true. Like, you can tell that this is, like, good for her. Right? Definitely. Yeah. Wonderful writer. Mm-hmm. In case you haven't listened to Charlie read it, I think you should do that. Um, but... She talks about the power of journaling. Um, journaling is kind of a new thing that I'm trying. And I... Um, I like some of the ideas that she talks about in here that I, I would like to. I think it's really try. cool because I I love uh, I love when we went through um, the fifty two changes for the mind, mm-hmm. um, studying the history of journaling. Like in the eighties, they brought it into like therapy. In the nineties, they brought it into classrooms. You know, and they're trying to show people, hey there's a reason why we used to write you down <laughs> right so and and that's what she's talking about here and this, like it's important so as you are processing fear and love and which way did you react which one are you choosing this is a perfect tool to practice with yeah it's a perfect tool to practice reflecting on are you coming from a place of love right here yeah um, a few ways that Minda likes to use a journal is to set intentions and goals, to make specific plans to track her progress toward her goals, to create a record that she can refer to in the future, to give herself free reign, to privately express her thoughts and feelings, fears and joys, so that afterward she can have her full focus to what's most excuse me, most important. And finally, she likes to use it to acknowledge her own accomplishments because for her, and perhaps for us too, um, it's much too easy to forget about them. Mm-hmm. Acknowledge your accomplishments. And one of the really cool things that she does with her journal is the index pages. I would say like, that was rad. Okay, so... We, we tend to journal and we date it and things like that, but anybody um, ever remember what date something happened or occurred? No, no, never, right? You always forget something. When was that? So she will actually make an index page with, um, I think she puts the, yeah, she puts the date and then what pages they're on. And, um, you know, it might be by month or by day. It depends on how many notes or whatever she's got on there. And then she, like, even will be like, here's a specific event that I want to make sure I know what page is on. And sometimes... Um, like, that's cool. Because mine are just chaotic mess. Right? Like, you can't even read my journal. <laughs> like, you're like... <laughs> like, her notes... Her notes that are all over the place, I, I can't interpret those. So it's like, go put your notes on the computer. Between the doodles and the actual notes. Yeah. <laughs> and like, what was your thought here? Yeah. Nope. Um, so I thought the index was super cool idea in order to track things. And then there's a couple of different ways that you can do it. You can even add like a little sentence or so note to tell you what, what Ooh, was in there. A synopsis. A synopsis, a brief paragraph. 
I think I love it because it's very intentional. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what my journaling has lacked is the intention. Like I've just used it to just live. And sometimes we didn't. And then I get like sick of it because I'm like, I don't, I'm just saying the same things. Like, no. But how many times do you have to say the same things over and over and over again until you finally get it? I think what for me was if I could say SSDD, same shit different day than I 